Welcome to Tea Time with Monica. Are you ready to spill some tea? Hello loves and welcome to Tea Time with Monica. Today we are discussing loving Black culture with Donovan of the Posh Standard. Now let me tell you all about the Posh Standard. In a world where the descendants of African slaves are still fighting for a voice in today's society, there is a demanding need for a platform with an uplifting and informative spirit. The Posh Standard Media Group LLC pledges to be the voice and has made a commitment to invoking change using fashionable using a fashionable approach. The Posh Standard Media Group uses media, events, and multiple platforms to provide a new standard of business and self-promotion. Let your presence reflect excellence. I love that. Welcome, Donovan. That's my favorite quote. I love it. <laughs> well, you picked a great one to end that bio with. It, Direct it really, quote, too. Yeah, Direct it really quote. sets the tone for your brand. So I'm going to start with a quote like I always do. And this one says, truth is, society puts Black men and women against each other because together, the two of them cannot be fucked with. What are your thoughts on that quote? Uh, shit, I love it. It's unapologetic. <laughs> it's unapologetic. And it describes everything that I am. Yeah, it definitely does because you are so unapologetically black. <laughs> I mean... Black and black, yeah. black, like, yes. But I, I, I love it because I think, especially with things that have gone on this summer and just things in general in the black community and in society as a whole, we need that. We definitely need to, you know, be unapologetically black. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your background. Oh man, I'm sorry. I got to cut. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Did you get a little wine in your eye? It's okay, baby. He's like, no, no. <laughs> audience, audience, they can't see him. He's like, he was sipping on that wine. It got a little, got got to you a little bit, huh? I, I tried. I tried. I tried. <laughs> it's okay, honey. <laughs> you got to be sipping something sometimes. <laughs> All right. No, so, my, my my eyes start watering. <laughs> oh, it's okay. Okay, so give us the a lights. little <laughs> lights. But you look good, honey. That skin is well oiled and smooth, <laughs> honey. But so yeah, give us a little bit about your background. Um, personally or business? A little bit of both, because I do want you to also, you know, after you tell us a little bit about your background, kind of how that folded into you creating the Posh Standard brand. All right. Well, I go. I used to go by a mantra called uh, "Tragedy to Triumph." Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a lot of extremes that happened in my life up to now. Like starting with even something as simple as being born. The doctors telling me that, well, telling my parents that I'd never walk. They had to, the way I was born, they had to do surgery on my legs and rebuild them up. Wow. So I was in cast up to the age of three or four. Mm-hmm. My mom said I came along the walls one day, like walking alongside the walls <laughs> with cast on both, both of my legs. Really? Right. So like, and that is that kind of theme just followed me to where I'm at now. Like just uh, random, super bad things happening and I'm just flipping it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think I've seen on your page that you mentioned that you may have been homeless at one time, correct? Yeah. I was homeless for over a year. Well, a year, nine months. <laughs> almost. 
Wow. And so does that play a part in like what you do with your brand and what you do for yourself? Absolutely. Uh, I'm cheap. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm you're not cheap. My... You're, you're frugal. You're, fr yeah. you're, you're frugal. <laughs> I'm a bit sure of both. <laughs> I, 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 I definitely value every penny because I, I refuse to go back. Mm -hmm. I'm always working multiple jobs or multiple tasks. There's Posh itself has seven to eight different streams of income. Wow. So it's always money coming in and always money stacking because I don't want to go back to that. Um, a lot of a lot of my initiatives are homelessness initiatives. I just had one uh, recently. Right, for your birthday, uh, yeah. right? Yeah, they play a part. Yeah, so talk to us a little bit about what you did for your birthday because I thought that was very telling of who you are and in a way you give back to the community. Right. Uh, well, it started on Krimmer. I was like, uh, I wanted to do something positive because it was COVID. So I asked my followers, my followers gave me, uh, my followers ended up giving me $200 mm -hmm. and I ended up matching that 200 a little over that and gathered up and put, spending 500 on $20 gift cards. Mm -hmm. to hand out at Union Station here in D.C. Wow. And it was so uplifting. It was so dope. People people helped. Like, I probably helped, like, what, like 15 to 20 folks. Mm -hmm. And I was like, when I went home, I was like, I could do this shit on a larger scale. Right. So I, mar I marinated, marinated on that for, like, a few weeks. So mm -hmm. my birthday, I usually ball out on myself. So I was like, let's do something different. So I created care packages. Mm. Uh totaling like $2,500 um, mm -hmm. random things like for, for my women's packages I had maxi pads in there I had wipes I had masks I had different type of food and snacks right. I had uh, gift cards to go for them to go get actual food rather than just spend money on stuff it was jam packed with stuff and I went up going back to Union Station and handed them all up that's amazing because you know, if you're in the DMV and you've been to Union Station, you know what the homelessness is like around there, or just general in the city, you know. And to have you just say, you know what, I know I've come up, I had my time in that in that space, and I definitely want to make sure that I'm giving back and I'm helping those out, those people out. So I think that really is a testament to your work. I appreciate it. <laughs> so let's let's talk about this fashion. Audience that can't see him, okay, this you gotta go to the YouTube to watch this so you can see this man dress. Now oh <laughs> in the bio of of your brand, the Posh Standard, you talk about how you use the fashion. Talk about how um fashion plays a part to bring attention to what you're saying. Uh I always tell people uh fashion saved my life. Mm hmm numbers of times. Uh, do you know who Franz or Bentley is? I hope so. Yes, I do. Okay, how can you um, not? Who, no, okay, that was that was did his boy I mean, back in the day with the umbrella. Yes, uh, he had a series back in the day called Jeans and Gifts, mm -hmm. and most people don't know, even though I'm very vocal about it. I'm from the slums. I'm from the hood. Mm -hmm. So, leaving the hood, going into college, I was still like, you know, rough around the edges. So I used mm -hmm. to watch the show religiously. He right. even shouted me out. Um, Sometime at the end of last year, you know, reposted one of my posts on his page. Hey now. And so uh it came full circle, huh, for you. Right, right. So fashion just changed my whole way of thinking. Mm -hmm. And then fast forward again, uh, I was on campus one day, uh, and this 
this woman walks up to me and was like, you know what, you fly as shit. I was yeah. like, I appreciate it. And she was like, you ever thought about modeling? I was like, Renisha, ray of night, ray of light in, mm-hmm. in Louisville, she a photographer. Uh, she was like, you ever thought about modeling? I was like, I mean, not really. One thing is I'm shy, and another mm-hmm. thing is I can't afford no uh, photographer for real. She was like, I'm trying to build my portfolio. Uh, can I shoot you? I was like, shit, all right. Mm-hmm. So she shot me. First post, first picture went crazy viral. I went from like 2,000 followers to 10,000 followers in a matter of like a month and a half, two months. Wow. And so I ended up uh, creating Posh somewhat sometime later. And initially Posh was all fashion all the time. Every right. post. Somebody fly, a man or woman fly, like at the beginning of Posh, our pride in being unisex. Because a lot of times we have a lot of men's fashion pages and we have a lot of women's fashion Right. But it's rare that somebody can go somewhere for both. Right. So, in the midst of doing that for like a year, year and a half, the Trayvon Martin uh, incident happened. Right. And I thought that shit was fucked up that my people didn't know. So, fast forward, like, I start promoting, like, uh, togetherness and stuff that I feel like we need to know. So, people come for the fashion, mm-hmm. but they stay for the positivity of the I know people. that's right, honey. You come for one thing, but you get a little more. You get a little more education here. Right. Like, yeah, you definitely you know, you know, with our people, you got to be strategic with how we get our information. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you do, you do, because, you know. Because we don't want to hear it. Our people feel like if it don't directly affect them, right. then they don't want to fuck with it because it's negative. That's that's piss poor way of thinking. You know, like, that, yeah, it's it, because I think just if you think of the history of Black people, it's always like, watch out, look out for yourself. You know, and don't help, and not to say don't, but look out for yourself and if it, like you said, if it doesn't pertain to you, that's over there. I'll deal with it when I All want right. to. Right. We don't need to be like that. Nah. We, man, we, we, for lack of a better word, become ignorant as a people. Mm-hmm. And one thing I know about white people and oppression, they use our lack of knowledge and lack of knowing against us as a weapon mm-hmm. tool. And I don't fuck with that at all. Yeah. No, I, I, I get that. You don't, nobody should. And, you know, the thing is, I think as Black people, sometimes we don't consider ourselves, some people just don't consider what they call the fall in line type of thing. You know, like, you know, when it came to, like, the election and people in different political parties, they generally just fall in line as opposed to asking questions, finding out the truth about things. They just fall in line. And Yeah, with the majority. And you don't necessarily always see that in the Black community of the fall in line it's uh, like some people are just like no this is how we have to be others are like why do we have to be that way you know it's always a, a tussle back and forth and we're the only group of people that have that tussle. <laughs> but i think do you think that has to do with how black people came to america and the, the systemic racism and the i think all of that plays in the pattern and this and people arguing it every day about um the lynch theories Mm-hmm. The uh, Willie Lynch stories, like at the end of the day, it's literally a manifest to how to distract, divide, and conquer our people. And right. it's crazy that those writings, whether true or not, whether you believe true or not, still exist. It's everything that oppresses and holds us back today. You're right about that. It does hold us back. So that's that's why I want to continue to bring light to people like you that 
are unapologetic about putting the real stuff out there. So, you know, the community knows they get the information and that, you know, it's, it's not uncensored. And that's right. the great thing about social media, right? Right. Yeah. So no, they, they about to fuck up once this magazine come out because. Oh, wait, I man. Said, Look, you done mentioned the magazine. We ain't even got there. Giving no, the tea. Giving the tea. I'm just, I'm just adding to the fact that uh, uh, social media limits what I can say with it. Mm-hmm. I don't want them to, at the end of the day, I don't want them to snatch my platform. True. Uh, I, I really had to tone down how I approach a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, but the, the website, the magazine is my own media. Nobody's mm-hmm. not about to tell me how to run my fucking media. So it's about to be lit. Yeah. Yeah, you got to get out there. You got to get your voice out there and you got to tell the story that needs to be told, not the story that people want to hear, right? Right. Yeah, definitely. So let's talk a little about something. Now, February is a month of love and you wear this shirt. I date black women only. Let's yes, talk I, about that. Yes, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. The blueprint. The reason <laughs> of my existence. The black woman. <laughs> so. Do you get a lot of flack for saying that? Yes, and believe it or not, it's mostly from other black people. Mm. More black people hate that say and hate them shirts, hate hate that apparel line than any white person I come across. Now is it men or women or a little bit of both? It's literally a direct split in between both. Wow. There's no either or because uh, there's also a female, a woman version of the shirt of mm-hmm. uh, how we date black men. And people just express like the one big part about the shirt, about the slogan, about the mission, that the movement that I started. This mm-hmm. says I. It don't say every black person should. It don't say you should, we should. It says I, me. Mm-hmm. Why does my preference which is positive. Everybody else can date within themselves and you never, nobody better at Asian community, all Asian community, Latin community, Latin community. White people been doing it ever since the beginning of time. And even guard their women against black men at one point in time. Mm-hmm. But me being a black man or she being a black woman can't say, I only date black men, I only date black women. It's a problem. And you get a lot of these black people who be like, well, you're, why you got to be so loud with it? There's nothing wrong with preference. Why you got to be so loud? Why you got to be so ignorant? Ignorant? <laughs> Loving me is ignorant? The fuck you talking about? <laughs> well, you know, you know, there is this belief that love is colorless and that you may be limiting yourself. Is that, is those the type of comments you're getting? I do, and aside from being racist, but I mean, well, I don't necessarily think it's racist. It's your, it's no, your preference is a preference. But you're talking about the comments I'm getting. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I get that the, the, that way of thinking is racist the mm. most. And then the second thing, I'm limiting myself by my options. How can you limit yourself with the blueprint? Like, everything starts and ends with the black woman, even the black movement in itself. Why the fuck would I even look or even entertain anything else but a black woman? She is well, my existence. Well, we are pretty magical, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So you 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 talked a little bit about this magazine coming and how it's going to give you more room to be um, a bit more open yes. with your platform. What are your plans for like the first issue? Is it something yeah, like I'm groundbreaking? Still, it's not really groundbreaking. I'm cameraing it now. So the first issue is going to be a real soft, soft dump 
mm-hmm. while I figure out the ins and outs. A lot goes into it. It's an awful lot. And I'm doing it by myself right now. And so I enlist other people to help. But well, no, no, let's talk about that. Because with someone in my audience or someone on my platform may be wanting to well, contribute. So how can I they have, do that? They can, all right, now they can just shoot a DM. But mm-hmm. uh, as I'm building the structure of it, I don't really need help with the structure. Because I, I don't, and I'm not going to enlist help until I have a whole base to build on mm-hmm. so once i get the base and stuff worked out then i'm gonna bring people in for different tasks writers a lot of writers i need a mm-hmm. lot of writers other bloggers and stuff so uh, what type of different, content different are content. you looking for with the writers to write about um is it uh, just fashion business typical magazine stuff all that business yeah. lifestyle fashion date pieces all that editorials all that so it's like the one-stop so, shop of what the, what's going on in the black community. Yes, but one thing I want to want to emphasize with the magazine is putting regular people on. You get all these magazines that are black, but they never talk about regular shit or the regular black person. Every person they mention is somebody of status already. They're mm-hmm. not talking about the people that's grinding it out and uh, working hard and the random dope ass the black excellent stories they may repost something or retweet something but the actual content of their magazine is other famous shit that bothers me because it's you like get uh, that. yeah it's black people life outside of people with a following right it definitely is i think you're right about that because you know people pick and choose what they share on social media and what type of following they want to have but it doesn't mean they're not black excellence am i right yeah yeah. And just because this person only have 500 followers don't mean that story not worth telling. So you want to tell the everyday person's story. If, if, it's, if it's lit, if it's beautiful, mm-hmm. if it's uplifting, I'm I'm all for it. I'm behind it. I know that's right. you like, I'm 100% behind all this good shit, huh? Whatever yeah. it is. That's what it is. And that's, that's one of the emphasis. Regular people doing regular shit. We may have Stuff like that attract famous people, but for for the first bit of issues, like I just wanted to tell the regular person, the regular black person's story, the regular entrepreneur story. So, can people submit to have their stories told? Yeah, it's gonna be a little box where people can uh, nominate folks and stuff. I'm working all that out. I love it. I'm excited to see this magazine. Do you have a launch date already, or we uh, just wait and right see? Now, it's right now. It's tentatively uh, April. All right, coming up soon. Well, I look forward to that. So it's COVID, right? Mm. How do you feel about things going on in the black community with COVID? What type of education, like what do you think we really need? I think we have a lot of um, self-harm being done when it comes to COVID. One phrase, one thing that people are not talking about is we see the white people protesting masks. We see them doing the most, uh, giving the least. And we looking at it and we shunning that and we like, these white people crazy. Mm-hmm. But young black people doing the same shit. Folks still in the club. Folks still linking out with their folks. Folks mm-hmm. still, let's go to Atlanta. Let's go to Atlanta. Let's <laughs> turn up. Folks still traveling. People people rushing to Vegas, Miami, even Puerto Rico, like folks, folks just, you know, and then we look on TV and then you hear when people hear the news say, 
Well, the black community is facing uh, COVID the worst. They have the highest number. They're the most disproportionately affected by this. Mm-hmm. Then they want to say, no, nah, they just say that black people in the face. They just, no, it's, it's real life. People are really dying from that shit. Yeah. And you sitting here doing, if you don't believe in a vaccine, that's on you. But the least you can do if you don't believe in a vaccine is take proper precautions. Yeah, definitely. Until everybody around you vaccinated. I don't know. I think there's a lot of ignorance going on in the black community when it comes to that. You know, I think that too, but I also think it has to do with the healthcare disparities in the country. Yes, but even with, uh, I'm a person of a, I mean, I talk, I talk to black people directly. Shit, people don't want to hear. We know about hospitals and the systematic oppression within the health community. Mm-hmm. That's 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 a thing that should be addressed. But all I'm saying is we need to attack the shit we can attack personally. Mm-hmm. Me, your homeboy booking a trip to Puerto Rico isn't systematic racism. <laughs> racism. No, it's your, not. Your your folks, your homeboys, homegirls going to the club where they know that the club is at 10 for a reason, but they still out here at the bars and shit every weekend. That's not systematic racism. That's pure stupidity. <laughs> like, it's ignorance. Yeah. And until until we can be real with ourselves without bashing people, because mm-hmm. I say that a lot right now, I get bashed like shit. So like, until we can have a conversation without bashing the next person, we sit here just waiting until whatever happened with the vaccine at this point. Yeah, I think you're right about that. I think part of it is our own self um, review of what we're doing to make sure we're handling every precaution. Because if we're doing, if we're taking precautions the way we need to be, then yes, then we can talk about it's really just what's going on in the systemic racism in the health community. But you can't even talk about that. And then people forget the number of black nurses, the number of black doctors there are. Like you making their job harder by being selfish and wanting to go to the club. Yeah. Being selfish and wanting to still travel. Still having like all these house parties and parties people still having with no masks, nothing. You making it harder on the next person just because you selfish. Like to me that's unacceptable. Yeah. I think I think people are dealing with, you know, pandemic fatigue, but I also feel like they don't want people don't want to believe this is still here. No, but it don't. is. So again, like I said earlier, the lack of knowledge of certain shit being used against us. Like, because we don't, like, it's a lot of people that don't even know people who had COVID or know anybody that died from it. So in their head, it's not even a thing. Oh, y'all are just playing. That shit's not real. Or so-and-so had it. I don't know how people can say it's not real after all this time. People still, people to this day, still, people was under my comments here recently, still think that it's not real. Black people. <laughs> so, we know white we know white people go on rants about this shit every day, but our people. The people that's dying from it. <laughs> like that's crazy to me. Yeah. So how do you how would you how are you using your platform to try to inform, you know, the black community a little bit more about that? I speak on like the precautions. Cause you know, you can't really say the C word online like that. Mm-hmm. without uh, the jump out boys coming for you. <laughs> so I think I mentioned that one time and got ghost banded for like two months. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so you can't really mention that on direct platforms, but I just try to inform people like the best, the better way, to, the alternative. You can stay home. You can vibe out at the crib. It's okay. Yeah. 
I promise you, you'll be okay it's to sit your ass home. <laughs> just for a little believe while longer. It or, believe it or not, this shit's gonna end eventually. <laughs> You're not gonna be in your house for three, five years. It's gonna be all right. <laughs> well, what's the first thing the posh standard is gonna do once we are able to come out safely? See you first sit and wait to see if, if it really is safe <laughs> then probably get back to my events okay and what do you have any specific events that you are looking to uh, I'm a, I have a black excellent gala that I've been working on it's already mm-hmm. planned just waiting on the date you're just waiting on the date and what uh, yeah. what would be in store for this gala um fashion excellence ownership a scholarship that come out of it uh donation to a women's charity here in D.C. Mm-hmm. Uh, for domestic violence. Just litmus. It's posh. I know, that's right. Well, you know, I'd be wanting to see all the fashion because, mm-hmm. like you said, the fashion brings the people and they get another story. Yeah. And I want to see the fashion foremost and all. But you keep repeating Black excellence and I think people have a different definition here and there. What is your definition of Black excellence? My definition of bike excellence is doing what you need to do with little to no tools and you still made that shit happen. We already, black person born, two strikes against them already. Mm-hmm. Two strikes. <laughs> one that they're black and one, two that they're black in America. We all live in on one strike from fucking everything up for life. Mm-hmm. So you out here, Every day you got your your bed to go to work, you that's black excellence. You helping somebody that otherwise you nobody else would have just everybody would have just walked by. That's black excellence to me. Doing what you need to do, uh, doing what you have to do, mm-hmm. and just beating the odds. I, I'm sitting right here in my house, and the odds stacked against me. Hey. I'm sitting right here in my house doing a podcast. Uh-huh. You know, I could <laughs> like, I would love to be in person with people interviewing, but I still gotta make a show. Like, like the odds, going against the odds. I have a, I'm writing a book called The Processes of Moving Mountains. Ah, tell me more about that. Uh, I took all the bad shit in my life and turned them into sharp fictional stories. Wow. So it's it's based on your stuff, but it's it's in fiction. Yeah. I like that, and so it gives like a little over. It's like a little lessons learned book. Yes. I love that. That is awesome. Look at you, magazine book, waiting for the Rona to be over to have a gala. I mean, you're unstoppable here, honey. Ah, uh, on paper. <laughs> I still waiting on I still waiting on the right resources and the right eyes. <laughs> I, I think somebody will pick you up. I mean you I do, do what have, I have to do in the meantime. <laughs> you do have quite a following. And you mentioned that earlier, like a lot of your following started when you did the photo shoot, but how did you continuously grow? Because I the way like I was introduced to you was from someone telling me to follow you and I recognized the fashion, but they also mentioned to me that you were great on, you know, honing in on getting a great following. How did you obtain that? Uh, growing it fast, was, I would say up to about 65,000 people mm-hmm. was just a share off just my thoughts. Hmm. People fuck with what I think is five. People fuck with what I think we should know. Like mm-hmm. literally, like I got asked one time, um, "How do I stay politically correct and still manage to keep a following?" And my mm-hmm. answer was simple: I don't. 
And that's why people fuck with me and they follow me. They know, they know I don't give a fuck about no followers. <laughs> like I lose on an average of 300 followers a day and you ain't never even notice it. Well, I think, really? Yes, literally. I can screenshot it and show you. I probably, I lose 300 and gain about 500 to 1,000 a day. Well, you know, those that leave just can't handle your rawness. And I think- No, they, they, I, they can't. Yeah, they can't. And I think that's, that's kind of what, you know, black, the black culture and black community is where it's raw. It's unapologetic. It's in your face. Like, have you ever noticed when we watch like different movies or just anything about black culture that is empowering, how it kind of scares society a little bit? Yes. That Black Panther wave almost killed people. Yeah. Yeah. I they think couldn't understand yeah, I think that it, it's it's scary to see the society gets scared of us. Because they want, they want, that's why you don't get no stories. You get trauma porn. Mm. They, everybody always wanted to say it's important to know, like, civil rights movement. Uh, it's mm -hmm. important to know uh, Harriet Tubman's of the world or the, the, the Nate Turner's. That's true. But our, our history didn't start with civil rights. Our history didn't start with slavery. And there's a lot of stories outside of that where people just beat the odds. Madam C.J. Walker just beat the motherfucking odds. I mean, didn't she become a millionaire <laughs> during the uh, Spanish influenza? So right. She wasn't uh, getting, getting whipped. She ain't had to worry about nobody but her, her clients and, and her, and her slack-ass husband. Okay. Like, that's all she had to, we need to tell more pursuit of happiness. This, all this man, this man problem, was within and once he conquered that that's pure black excellence but no 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 they want to give us trauma porn i just finished watching the uh fred hampton movie oh the Ju Ju uh, judas black messiah straight trauma porn it's yeah. a dope movie straight trauma porn you they just want they show they give us this stuff and then wonder why we so pissed the fuck off every damn day we so pissed the fuck off because you give us trauma porn give us pure excellence like, this is the last trauma porn I'm going to watch. Like, I'm, I'm not giving it my views anymore. You just said I'm done. Because I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired of the narrative. Like, you know, yeah. I mean, I, st I, I have to pick and choose of what you're calling trauma porn that I can watch. And a lot of people will be like, well, why didn't you watch, you know, 12 Years a Slave or any other movie? I'm like, because it makes me mad. I still haven't watched the Harriet Tubman movie. I, you know, I, wa I did watch it. At the end, I cried because I felt the energy of what our ancestors felt in that moment. Like, in the end, I I'm on some straight. Like, show me some, show me some dope shit. Show me the story uh, of like pure black communities that just thrive on their own. Show me that shit. Show me the first black real estate person that made it big. Like, show me, show me some shit like that. Show you something more empowering. I'm tired of seeing us as slaves and people getting shot at 21. Like, I'm tired of it, personally. No, I, I understand it. That, like I said, it makes me mad to watch movies like that. And so I think you're right that we need more empowering stories, stories that are going to uplift us and not make us angry to do something. Because to me, it's a two-way street. Like, mm -hmm. you, you're telling us, you're, retelling, you're telling us these stories, which we need to know, yes. But you're also re-empowering white people and reassuring their status in society. Like, that shit just pisses me off. Yeah. 
So do you think that kind of goes back to the quote, like us seeing that divide and how they tore us apart or how, you know, like you said, the trauma of the black community that it still tears black men and women apart. And so they don't want us to get together and be powerful. No, they don't. And, and, and a lot of times people don't, they know that viewership, people are gonna show up for the trauma part. They're not necessarily going to show up for a Black Excellence movie. But they will show up for the trauma for them to see what the fuck was happening. Hmm. Well, I, think, I, think Holly, I think Hollywood figured that out a long time ago. Well, do you also think it's because we now, kids nowadays don't really get Black history in school. And it's, it's well, we almost... we never got like, Black history. In a sense, no. We got a little bit of it. Because I know for me, my father took it upon himself to teach us more teach my sister and I more and with them not really doing anything on it in school now my sister does the same thing with my nieces so do you think people kind of go watch this stuff or go do this so that they can learn a different side of what maybe they were missing in school uh I think they do but mm -hmm. I think that's also a cop-out because I don't know I think kids today have more more resources they they have way more resources than we i'm 30. they definitely mm -hmm. have more resources than when i well, was well don't 15. make me feel old talking about you 30. <laughs> like 15 10 and 9 they, mm -hmm. they got way more resources we didn't have these black excellence movies growing up like this shit right here or all the trauma for we didn't have that i don't remember no movies like that when i was a kid i remember watching eyes on the prize that's what i got that, that was about it <laughs> I, every martin Luther king day i yep. want a prize every and the, uh, the little the cartoon, the story of Martin. Mm-hmm. I do remember that. But I do remember watching Eyes on a Prize. And I think when I got a little older, after watching Rosewood, I was I was done with what you call in the trauma form because that yes, Rosewood me was off. very traumatizing. Then you got uh all then you had like all the lead on me, all just all that stuff. I think we need to do more stuff. We need to do more like a lot of this stuff. People not even hide it. It's just a Google search away. Very true. Very true. So what do you it's think? It's not like can, it's hidden. Right. It's not. So what do you think we can do more to promote that and love the Black community more and show more love for the Black culture in the excellence form? Promote the positivity. It ain't even that hard. It's really simple. Promote the positivity. Run online and offline. Like, I, I speak in the community. Like, just bringing this stuff up. Yeah. People could, we ever, curious. could we ever see you doing or promoting a movie once Posh Standard gets to that level? It depends on what the movie is. No, if yeah. it's like if it's a black excellence movie, not one of these trauma movies. Yeah, of course. I'd love to see that from you one day. Right. Check. <laughs> I, I would because the way you speak so passionate about it i think that your media group would be you know great for it and and that you would really showcase the excellence of it like not showing the trauma yeah, that's, what they need. <laughs> that's what we need i think we we need some good medicine all this other yeah. stuff is still bringing us down huh that so what, how do you feel about black businesses and the growth of black businesses? Where do you think we could do more? I think um, we need black on black support mm -hmm. when it comes to that. 
and black or white support support that's not con- conditional. Conditional. Mm. Like a lot of the black on black support is conditional. If I mess up your order, you want a solution or a refund immediately. As if this, as if it's that simple. Like let's say I make suits. You give me the wrong measurements and mess up your suit. Now you looking at D like I fucked up, but you only giving me one shot to get this right. So now you want a whole free suit or all your money back as if I didn't have to pay for the material that it that cost for me to make the suit. Mm-hmm. People give places like McDonald's unlimited chances to fuck up their order. How many times did McDonald's fuck up your order and you still go back? How many times Cordova, Moe's, or any of these places like that fuck up your order and you still go back? Mm-hmm. All, all black people get, black businesses get is one shot. You label bad customer service or bad business, all that, after one shot. Like, so it's like, we we have to get it right 100%, mm-hmm. 110%, because they're going to spend extra with the discount. Like, I feel like people need to have more realistic expectation for black business. Yeah, I think you're right about that. I think because a lot of black businesses are small business and people don't think about what it takes to run a small business and you don't have a lot of overhead like some of the other companies you've mentioned. So doing something for free or, you know, giving all the money back immediately, it it doesn't necessarily work like that. Right. Yeah. Because it's not about having that overhead, definitely. Definitely. So wrapping up, what advice can you give to my audience and to just anyone following you about just loving themselves more in the black community? Because we talked about how you can do it more, but just loving their blackness even more. I say, take the time out to learn who they are. Talk Mm. to your family, do a genealogy test. Take some pride in who you are. And once you create that pride, ain't nobody can take that shit away from you. (laughs) Well, you definitely have pride, Donovan. I appreciate you for coming on Tea Time with Monica Day. And today and sharing with us and your story and your work. Can you let my followers know how they can follow you, how they can reach out to maybe do something on your magazine or be promoted on your page? Everything pod standard, the pod standard. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty irreparable now. So even if you just type the pod standard on Google, all my shit will come up. Yeah, no, that's right. Toot your own horn, honey. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, thank you so much for this time and for this interview. You look amazing once again. Love the purple. Um, <laughs> audience, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Tea Time with Monica. Bye, loves. You've been listening to Tea Time with Monica. Make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcast media. Give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and follow me on social media at Monica underscore the curvy diva spelled M-O-N-I-C-A underscore T-H-E-K-U-R-V-Y-D-I-V-A and at Tea Time with Monica.